Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and of course, as always, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Today, we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic. We're going to talk about selling your WordPress product either directly or in a marketplace and what are kind of the advantages and disadvantages of both. And joining us for that is somebody that's really uh, knowledgeable on this topic. I'd like to welcome to the show, Ritus Chivalis. Ritus, welcome to the show. Hi, David, and thanks for having me. Awesome. And uh, Ritus, uh is from the very popular uh, Visual Composer product, which uh, many people in the WordPress ecosystem use. Um, it's a, I'm gonna not do it justice here, right, Tess, but it's a, a UX design and site creation tool um, that allows people of all skill sets to you know, build using WordPress. Right, Tess, did I, did I get that right? Exactly, yes. Awesome, awesome. So I um, wanted to kind of kick this off and, and to get things started, and I know you, know, you and I have spent some time at uh, WordCamps and whatnot, um, but I actually know the answer to this. Um, what is your WordPress origin story? How did you get started in all this WordPress stuff? Uh, okay, yes. So I, I believe it was around seven years ago. I just graduated from my master's studies, and at the time I was also working at the web design agency which by accident was partly founded by me. Uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, well, we were working with local companies and I just saw that, okay, I need to do something differently. I want to go like global to do something that has a global impact. And uh, yes, so I decided to left the agency for good. And well, when I was in my master's studies, one of my study buddies, if I can say so, was Michael's wife. So we were often like chatting and sharing some ideas and so on. And she was always uh, telling me, okay, you should meet Michael. 
And when I told her that uh, I'm just leaving the agency and probably consider joining enterprise level company, I think on the next day I got a call from Michael uh, who invited me to, to the lunch. Uh, and uh, well, we sit down and, uh, and this is the first time I kind of saw WordPress and the page builder, WP Bakery page builder, uh, which was then known as the Visual Composer page builder. Uh, of course, I played with WordPress before, but it wasn't on my radar to the extent that it's now. And so, yes, I, I just uh, went home, dig into WordPress more and more, looked on the page builder, how it helped people. And uh, yeah, well, at that time, it was only the backend editor, which is more like a schematic view, uh, still drag and drop, still helping people with, uh, with building their content without so any this, technical skills. Yes. So this serendipitous lunch kind of introduced you into the world of WordPress. And uh, for those exactly. unfamiliar, um, could you briefly tell me about visual, or tell everyone here about Visual Composer? So yes, uh, Visual Composer, the, there's like, th there are like two Visual Composers. The one, which is legacy, which was, uh, which is, which was called the uh, Visual Composer page builder. And uh, we renamed it into WP Bakery Page Builder to, to kind of separate the products. And it is, it's, it's like a regular WordPress plugin that uh, offers a drag, drag and drop functionality to build a content part of your page and uh, yeah, avoid all the technical stuff dealing with shortcodes and so on. Uh, right now, Visual Composer Website Builder, which is uh, our new tool, and it's on the market for around uh, almost two years. And uh, it's a completely different product, which helps to build the content, the layout, the header, footer part, and of course, again, like avoid the technical side of WordPress. But yes, uh, it's... Uh, well, great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know a lot of people are familiar with some of that, but I know a lot of people aren't. So thanks for, for filling us in there. Um, so obviously, in your journey at WP Bakery and with Visual Composer and everything, um, you know, part of that journey involves how you monetize the product, how you thought about growing the customer base. And I know a lot of people either have their own kind of WordPress-focused products already out in the ecosystem or thinking of creating their own. Um, but maybe you could give everyone a quick high-level blush of like, what are the different ways companies or people might monetize um, a service or product associated with, say, a plug-in or theme? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, there are several ways. Like the, the easiest way is probably to develop the product, the, the specific plugin for some customer, and uh, just sell it uh, to, to this specific customer, and that's it. So, but this this is of course like something it's hard to scale. Uh, the, the regular way how you monetize either a plugin or a theme is to develop it for a mass production, uh, mass use. And uh, of course, there are several ways, like you can instantly offer a premium version and sell it on some third marketplace, which is probably not the best way from the WordPress perspective from how WordPress is operating from the community perspective. 
And uh, yes, I, I would not look into that direction that much anymore. And the second way is uh, developing the free version, which uh, offers some kind of functionality and then an option to upgrade to the premium version, which usually involves support and maybe some yeah, it's software funny. as a service service. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's like right on to how I describe it to people. It's like there's, you know, often, of course, to your point, it's it's a good idea to stay focused on open source focused products, to your point, the kind of free version. And then, you know, I often describe it as like, you know, there's support or additional kind of services that layer on top of it. SaaS um, is another approach that I've seen that I, I like a lot, especially if you have a valuable SaaS service kind of backing up the software. I mean, we see that all over the place in the plugin repo, um, those approaches. So to me, that definitely resonates as true. Um, when, they're, when they're doing the monetization, when they're actually collecting the money, like what, what are the, the high level kind of view of like what, what those scenarios might look like? Uh, yeah, you mean like the payments, the payment methods and, and, and licensing? Right, exactly. I mean, it's um, a blend, I'm sure, of course, and I've seen it, right? People buying on the site and the marketplace itself. Is, is that like the high-level gist of how folks might actually collect the payment? It, again, depends on the license type and so on. So the easiest way is, of course, to go for uh, one-time payment, uh, lifetime license, and this is how most of the marketplaces probably operate. Uh, I'm not sure if they're looking into some new directions and so on. This is probably the question, the question to some marketplace representatives. But yeah, definitely like a one-time payment, uh, that's, that's how it usually happens. The problem here is that it's, uh, it's one-time payment and that's it. You still need to provide support. You need to work on the updates, make your product better, and uh, you just need some funds to do that. So... The best way is, of course, go for annual payment, uh, either monthly or yearly. Yeah, uh, and uh, yes, so this helps uh, you to ensure that you are able to develop your product and offer the high quality support. I think that's a an important point to your, to your kind of statement a second ago. Um, a lot of people have taken this kind of one time billing model approach, and we've seen. Um, frankly, very influential and very popular plugins um, that are surfaced in org and otherwise um, that have shifted to models that are more in line with recurring revenue. And um, to reinforce what you said, really to help fund that quality support and continued product development, keep their teams focused on investing in the products. And I think for me, I've seen the ecosystem be more open to those billing models, kind of recognizing that, hey, look, if I'm going to depend on this thing, uh, this piece of software, or this plugin, or this theme, that the company behind it should be rewarded in a way that allows them to continue and invest in it so I can continue to rely on it. And I think for me, I've seen a shift um, in the ecosystem in terms of kind of acknowledging that and recognizing the value in, in that, not just, of course, from the author's or business's perspective, but also from the customer's perspective and, and having those tools they can rely on. Do you agree with that, or how do you think of that? Uh, yes, well, uh, as, as you said, like uh, the customers value what you do for, for the product, and if they see that you are putting your efforts in, uh, in developing it like over 
years and and and, and so on so why not being able to pay like annual price for that this is how it goes with uh, hosting companies with uh, different uh, software outside the wordpress ecosystem i right, use exactly. sketch a lot so um, i usually buy license when once it expired to get like new features so wordpress is no different in that way yeah i think that's a good point and i think that's for me watching the ecosystem kind of mature a little bit in that way and i think what we're seeing is frankly better products come out of that um, because of those structures um, i think that being said you know obviously there's benefits on all sides and it's something for folks to consider um, but I want to dig into more around the different specific models, particularly marketplace versus direct selling. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with nachoanalytics.com. Seriously? It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences, marketing on purpose. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Let's press forward with more Press This only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Ritus of Visual Composer about strategies for monetizing WordPress products on marketplaces 
or direct selling. So right as right before the break, um, we were talking a little bit around kind of billing models in terms of recurring versus one time. Um, I think those are very interesting thoughts, but I wanted to kind of get more particular around the marketplaces. So um, help everyone understand like generally, like what are some of the more popular ones and, you know, maybe not per marketplace or anything, but from a high kind of broad level, how do they work? Uh, of course, yes. So there are few most popular marketplaces. I think the well-known, uh, the most well-known is the Envato, which is a huge marketplace. It's, uh, it's divided into several segments for WordPress themes, WordPress plugins, and so on. And then there are uh, followers like Creative Marketplace or CMISL, which is also some sort of a marketplace. But uh, from the perspective of customer, I would probably look on the Envato as the good example of the marketplace that most of people know. Well, I think that's one of the big advantages for me of the marketplace strategy is you get a lot of eyeballs you wouldn't get otherwise. And Envato is a monster at getting our eyeballs. So to me, that's one of the big advantages of going that route. Exactly. So how do they work then? Like if I'm going to put a product for sale in there, like what would that process look like? What do I need to consider? So uh, once you develop the product, you definitely need to sell it somewhere. Uh, if you choose to go into the marketplace, uh, all you have to do is basically create an account and upload your product, for example, your plugin. So you need to pass some uh, quality assurance, uh, which is a good thing that the marketplace pushes you with some standards and so on. So it, it doesn't accept like anything. And uh, that's it. Everything else is managed uh, on the marketplace side. Uh, you already, there, there is already some customer base for the marketplace, which uh, kind of uh, get to your product, get access to your product. There are tools for support, for communication and so on. So, yes. So that seems kind of helpful in some ways, right? Because you've got um, this baked in audience, which you might not have otherwise, especially with a brand new company. Um, you get some tools along the way for maybe helping customers and things like that. But help folks that are considering their marketplace strategy. What are some of the, some of the kind of, maybe those are some of the pros. What are some maybe other pros, but also what are some of the cons? Uh, yeah, well, so, some other pros is probably that the development, uh, uh, yeah, uh, development time is, uh, is a lot faster. So you're able to deliver product like, uh, really fast. You don't have to think about the infrastructure around it that much. Uh, if we oh, for talk things like distribution and sales pages and all that kind of stuff. Uh, usually there are some pre-made templates, yes, that you can use. Uh, and uh, again, you don't have to think about your own website that much because uh, uh, all this payments uh, happening on the marketplace side and uh, Yes, the checkout form is usually optimized. The marketplace is doing their stuff at their end to kind of perform A-B tests, what works better, what's not. Uh, a lot of people who develop uh, products, they are really good at developing products, but they are not that good at marketing them and uh, selling. So this is where the marketplace really can help you to launch your business and you don't need that much money to actually launch it. 
That's a good point. If we talk about drawbacks, uh, the problem is that uh, it uh, the the marketplace is you don't own the marketplace. It's the it's the place which you use to sell your product. So the data that goes into the marketplace, you don't have access to that data, uh, which is probably not that important at the very beginning. But as you scale and you get smarter in terms of marketing and these kind of things, you want to do some analytics. You want to know more about your customer. And this is where it could get problematic. Marketplace is not always uh, that welcoming in terms of providing you that data. Uh, New functionality, again, is a question. Yes, the marketplace usually offers a bunch of features that uh, you start to use over time. Again, you don't need all of them at the beginning. But later on, you may need something else, like something specific for your product, or you do see some requests, feature requests that you can't implement on your side, they should be implemented on the marketplace side. So the marketplace can have their own roadmap, which you can't really uh, have like influence in, in any way. They can have their standards, uh, which may not be align with your standards or may affect your product uh, in a way that you are you don't want it to be and these kind of things can implement influence your development and your your option to your your ability to access customer customers customer data and so on also as i mentioned before uh, marketplaces usually go after lifetime license which is uh, again an issue if we if we think of okay, I want to have an annual payment so I can keep developing my product and not always look for like new customers, but also upsell uh, my existing customers and make sure that they are satisfied and, and I have an ability to develop uh, some new features for them. So it sounds like there's some advantages, especially around velocity, right? I can make a product, but I don't have to make a website and payment systems and all the other things I might do <clears throat> to facilitate that purchase. The downside is I kind of got to play by their rules, live with their roadmap, live with the market, way the marketplace does things and the things that are available to me there. This is kind of in the lens of kind of like being all in on one thing or the other. Um, do you see value in, in kind of both direct selling and leveraging a marketplace strategy? Uh, yes, uh, of course you can do so. But again, you need to look on the, on, on the specific rules of the marketplace because uh, of course, the marketplace is uh, interested in having you and as an exclusive author. And uh, if you are not exclusive, if you sell it uh, like on the marketplace and outside the marketplace, it can uh, really it can significantly impact uh, the rates, how the, the shares you get from the sales. Uh, for example, it can go from uh, seventy to thirty percent, depending if you are exclusive or non-exclusive author. So you will give 70% of, of every payment to the marketplace if you are not exclusive author. And that's a, that's a huge money. Uh, that is a good point. Um, and, you know, WP Engine owns and manages the Studio Press Marketplace. I'm somewhat familiar with the marketplace dynamics. Um, that's not a consideration in that marketplace. So, uh, but you are right, in other marketplaces, there is this notion of exclusive selling. So, 
In other words, if I'm like brand new starting up my business or starting up my product, I can leverage the marketplace. Maybe I'm exclusive to get the 70% and I'm, maybe I'm not going to direct sell anyways. Uh, but if I, if I take the path and we're going to jump on the direct sell stuff next, but if I take the path to direct sell and I still want to leverage the marketplace, then I might have to yield on the percentages depending on the marketplace. And of course, it's not that easy to leave the marketplace if you want to. You need to develop all the infrastructure yeah, from, from the ground. Oh, right. And in terms of kind of transitioning from that to, say, a direct sale blended or, or kind of, um, should I say, focused model. Um, so I think we've we kind of touched on the direct sell stuff a little bit. I think we're kind of crouching into that territory. So I guess maybe we could shift gears a little bit. Um, very quickly, could you help people understand like the typical technology stack when I'm building a, a site or platform to sell my plugins or themes directly or services associated with them? I mean, I know like easy digital downloads is popular, things like Freemius, like um, WooCommerce has uh, extensions that enable this as well. well. What do you typically see in, in the, the, the tech stack of say a plugin or theme developer? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, it, it again depends on the path you choose and the, the license type and, uh, and actually the product, how, well, how it operates. But uh, if we look on the, on the, on the WordPress site itself, uh, we assume that we're selling uh, by using WordPress site. So it's a, usually a WooCommerce, easy digital downloads, uh, as, as you mentioned, can be a good solution to, to, to use. Uh, GDPR is the stuff that it's, uh, it's, a, it's something that you should take into account uh, for the European customers. So again, uh, VAT uh, tax calculations. But uh, usually those things, uh, there are like extensions to WooCommerce that, that are easy to get. Um, Sounds like just generally the tech stack is, you know, it's a, a typical e-commerce site, the caveat being the digital part if that's how you're you know, your license work and what you distribute. SaaS, of course, would be different. So it sounds like it's kind of all over the place depending on how you might choose that path. And I want to talk about more of the pros and cons from the strategy side, um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. All right, guys, I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte? You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay, let us help you grow your business. Bailey? So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim? You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 2019 International Web Award Competition. 
Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Web Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. And the winners go to, well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2019. Go to webaward.org and sign up today. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. We're talking about marketplace versus direct selling strategy for WordPress products. Uh, right us right before the break, we were talking a little bit about the technology stack that someone might pursue if they were trying to sell their product um, or solution directly. Um, but really wanted to get more in the strategy part because that's really what we're talking about here today. What are some of the kind of pros and cons for direct selling, um, just I guess in general, or maybe even like in the kind of evolution from maybe solely selling in a marketplace to selling direct? Yes. Uh, okay. So if you decide to go with your own site to sell the product, uh, you own everything you have, like all the data that comes in, you own the data, you can analyze it in a way it's uh, in a way you want it uh, this, the same applies uh, to the uh, all the all the product uh, the features how you develop them you don't have to follow a certain uh, party standards and so on uh, of course there are like standards in WordPress and, and these kind of things but uh, still uh, others can't influence how you develop your product and uh, you basically avoid, uh, avo- avoid the things uh, that uh, s- someone influences you from outside. If we talk about drawbacks, is that uh, you dive into your own like, infrastructure without knowing how huge it can actually get. So we usually see like a tip of the iceberg, which is the WordPress site with WooCommerce we talked earlier. But then there is the rest of it, which is uh, license management, how it's linked to the payment methods, uh, the payment gateways, how it is all linked to support, and all the, all the information flows from one system to another. So these are the things that uh, sometimes you don't take into account to when you just start to develop your product. And then you just realize that, okay, I need another month to develop like licensing mechanism and uh, another month to link all the things together. So especially people that leave marketplace, they don't think about those issues before they actually leave it. And this is, you're, you're typically a small team at this phase. So you're, you're spending all this time putting all those systems together, but not making your actual product better, I'm guessing, a lot of the times. 
Yes, exactly. So you you just uh, you just forget about your product for a while, and maybe your customers don't understand why why there are no new releases coming and so on. But you are just working on all the infrastructures part. I'm guessing you're also taking on like additional support loads, obviously from things like refund requests, um, other issues, of course, that might pop up with the site. But to your point, it's kind of an iceberg, and, and it might just you might just be seeing the tip when you're thinking about the work involved. Yes, of course. So what are some other thoughts there? I mean, obviously this was a journey that, that you know, you all took. Um, what were things that surprised you both good and negative in terms of kind of shifting to more of a direct self-focus? Uh, yeah, well, our story was exactly like that, that we came out of the marketplace and went into our own infrastructure and uh, so on. Uh, one thing that you have to take into account that you just can't to really set everything up and forget about it. There is always something that you will develop, uh, that you will need to develop over time, especially that's, that's the management, the analytics around it. Uh, your development team won't be able to work on the, only on the product. So you will need to focus on, on things, how you collect customer data, how you secure that data. And the, the marketing department, once you have it, will uh, also ask for some development to get more insights to, to kind of see where your business is going. And this will, again, won't be that easy than just asking some data from the marketplace. So you will have to develop all it by yourself. I think this is the, the fun stuff though, right? This is when that product you had an idea about, you're able to kind of pressure test it in a marketplace situation, see if it was going to gain traction, gains traction, start to the direct selling exercise and start to frankly grow your business. I mean, this sounds like the fun part. Uh, yes, of, of course. There, there's like a whole new world out there. And uh, when, once you once you go with your own side, there are definitely like things you can touch and feel like you can experiment with everything. And uh, this, this definitely takes you to some different level on how you operate before. Awesome. So like, what do you think then I suppose of like the blended strategy? It seems like your strategy was more kind of moving from a marketplace scenario into more like almost solely direct selling, but you kind of touched on it earlier a little bit. Um, a lot of people will actually take the opposite journey where they'll have their product and they'll, you know, start to get placement in marketplaces. Um, I know like, for example, Wix, Squarespace, places like that, Shopify, um, have very kind of healthy marketplaces where outside products have kind of gone the other way and gone in there to kind of gain access to those access to those audiences. How do you think of that? Uh, of course, uh, one of the main goals is to deliver your product in the front of your potential customers. And uh, again, as uh, as we talked before, there are people who are really good at development, but uh, maybe not, not that good at marketing side, and that's completely okay. So this is where they can really uh, and they use the help of, uh, of the marketplace to get in front of the people so they see the product, they, they try it maybe with some trials and so on. And this is how how they can get that uh, initial customer base. 
that's an, that's really great feedback. And I think, you know, for a lot of folks looking for ways to open up channels um, or just to even kind of get started, um, I think that's a very viable option for them. Well, Raitas, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, David. Awesome. If you'd like to check out more about what Ritus is up to, you can visit, visit visualcomposer.com. I'd like to remind everyone coming to WordCamp Europe this week that I'll be there. I think Ritus, you'll be there as well. A lot of people from the WordPress press community, so um, come check us out. I'll be at the WP Engine booth a lot. Um, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.